Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes today. I am so excited to have the wonderful Phyllis Curot with us today. So spiritual pioneer Phyllis, if you don't know, is one of America's first public witches. And for more than 40 years, an internationally respected teacher of witchcraft as our re-emerging Euro-Indigenous wisdom. She's also an attorney whose groundbreaking cases secured the rights of witches the world's most wildly published and best-selling Wiccan author too. Her newest book, Spells for Living Well, A Witch's Guide to Manifesting Change, Wellbeing and Wonder is out now. Welcome to the show, Phyllis. How are you doing? I'm doing great and it's really fun to be here. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Oh, me too. Me too. As I said, I'm so excited to talk all things manifestation, but all things witchy as well, because here on this podcast, we love all things witchy. But before we dive into all of that goodness, Phyllis, I would love to know, when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? Oh, well, that's the story of my very first book. It was a memoir, Book of Shadows, and did smashingly well uh, all over the world. So I have to give you the short version here. Uh, I was in law school, I was in my second year in law school, uh, came from a family of social justice activists, not religious, but I would say deeply spiritual looking back on them and the, you know, the fervency of their commitment, their belief in the goodness of the human heart. And they basically taught me the golden rule and I was perfectly satisfied with that. And went to law school and was um, working, fighting organized crime and trade unions, which in fact turned out to be my first few jobs out of law school. And um, I think it was because my uh, left brain, my rational brain was so overcharged, right? With law and order logos that, that the universe just reached out to me. I, 
I honestly think that the divine reaches out to all of us, taps us on the shoulder, sends us messages that we're able to receive, you know, they're sort of tailored to each of us. Um, and I started having precognitive dreams. I started having a sense of what somebody would say before they said it, which could be very interesting, but not terribly helpful in law school because they always want you to give the reasoning. You know, and I was like, I just, I heard you thinking, you know, that's not a good answer. Um, but it was quite extraordinary. And, um, and one thing in particular was a dream that a recurring dream that I had of, of a woman who was bare breasted and holding a book. Um, she had a sort of a skirt on and she was holding a book and she had a crown on her head, which I could never see too clearly and a light at her throat. She never said anything. She always sort of looked past me. And I had that dream three, four times over the course of two years. It was a sign, which I didn't know was being sent to me. I started reading along with all my law books on my desk. I had quantum physics because I was a rationalist. I was like, what is this? And what I discovered was that the mind has a capacity. Consciousness has a capacity to engage with creation, right? This is manifesting. This is the law of abundance that we are so much more interconnected with the consciousness of creation than our culture teaches us. But I couldn't find an explanation for why it was happening to me. Took a couple of years, actually, about a year and a half. I went to Washington. I was working with Ralph Nader, fighting organized crime and trade unions. I ended up back in New York working for a foundation. And I became very good friends with a very interesting woman, bright, successful, managing a rock and roll band, which is what I was doing at the time in my spare time. Great. The only thing weird about it was that she called herself a witch, which I decided I would just put aside, this was in the 80s. No, this was in the 70s, in the early 80s. Mm. And I was a witch that's wacky, but she's very marvelous. One day she took me to have my cards read and um, I was in a bit of a crisis and I'd never had my tarot cards read before. At the end of it, uh, the woman who read my cards said, um, I think you're gonna find what you're looking for which was basically the magic that had started when I was in law school, but had stopped when I went to work in Washington and came back to New York. I wanted that magic again. And that had been my question for her. She'd done a really impressive reading. She knew things I hadn't told anyone. At the end, she said, I have a women's group. I think you might find what you're looking for there. If you'd like to come, you're welcome. I politely thanked her. And left, I paid her for the reading. I left the store. My friend said, oh my gosh, she invited you. you nobody gets invited. I mean, witches, I mean, you can't even find them and, and she's invited you. And I was like, yeah, no, witches, thanks, but no. A couple months later, I was wandering around the Metropolitan Museum of Art where I'd spent a lot of time when all of this magic had started while I was in law school because it just felt magical to me to be there. And I wandered into a wing that was new. It was a sculpture wing. And I'm wandering through, it was beautiful, beautiful fountains and statues, it was gorgeous. Light coming in from Central Park. And all of a sudden, seated in front of me is the woman from my dreams. The whole room bleached out. This guard sort of got me into a chair near her. Like, who's afraid to look at her as I sort of recovered? I started down at her toes and there was a little sign by her toes and it said the Libyan Sybil. And 
I knew Sybil was vaguely magical, but right, she was not holding a, a book. She was holding a rolled up sheaf of papers. Um, and now I could see the crown on her head, which was triangular. And there was a six pointed star at her throat, which had always just been a light. I went home after a couple of hours sitting there, just my mind blown, right? And I looked up the word Sybil in my Oxford English dictionary. I took out my glasses. I took out the magnifying glass because it was the annotated version. <laughs> I had both of them, you know, and I looked it up and yeah, magical. It said an ancient prophetess, comma, a witch. I called my friend. I said, what do you think? She said, I, it doesn't get any louder than that call. And I went to work with them for three years. It was the last place in the world that an uh, Ivy League, which is sort of the, the equivalent of Oxford and Cambridge, you know, hyper intellectual. I was a, a lawyer. Um, it was the last place in the world I would ever think because I still had all the stereotypes in my head. You know, the green faced hag, Margaret Hamilton and the broom and, you know, either they were um, Hollywood weird figures or storybooks, fairy tale figures, right? Or they didn't exist or they were crazy people. They weren't crazy. They were women who were rediscovering our ancestral Euro-Indigenous wisdom traditions and who were reviving it. And I worked with them for three and a half years and then went out on my own, um, was blessed at the same time. I was led into uh, a circle working with uh, core shamanic techniques, which are indigenous practices used by indigenous peoples all over the globe. They merged. I recognized immediately in the essence, the structure of what these women were doing, these ancient practices, these ways for taking off the blindfold to see the sacred. And I was seeing the world as it is, as a, as a truly divine, a sacred, a world full of magic, a full of magic, divine magic. And um, that was it. I was off and running. I was public. I went public right away. I was like, no more with the stereotypes, no more fear, no more witch hunts, no more lies. You know, this was the all the distorted um, notions about witches came out of the persecution that started in the late 1400s and ran actually right up into the mid 1800s. And um, it was a persecution of our ancestral traditions of women. I was a feminist, you know? So, so the more I learned, the more I realized, especially today that the witch is sort of the ultimate feminist icon. She is the badass heroine of all, potentially of all of our lives. She's, um, the divine wisdom that resides, especially within women, but in all people, regardless of your gender identity. And um, she represents our capacity to experience the sacred, not to be told by someone else, invariably a man, <laughs> what to believe, but to have practices that enable you to have experiences. And that's empowering. Mm. That's how I became a witch. I wrote I Book of Shadows a few years later and I became increasingly public and teaching. And now witchcraft is the fastest growing spirituality in the United States. 
which is incredible. <laughs> yes, it is. It really, it really is. From the back of the broom closet to the to the front of, well, not the front page of the New York Times, but I made it into the London Times with a line that said, if anybody can persuade us that witchcraft is reasonable, it's Phyllis Curat. It's not just reasonable, it's wise. That's the word witch. The reason I say it's our Euro-Indigenous wisdom tradition is witch is a 16th century phonetic spelling of witcha, W-I-C-C-E. That's a 5,500 year old word. It arrived in England with the Anglo-Saxons when they came across and it meant a wise one a seer of the sacred, the shaman, to use that term, which is very common now. Um, the, the one who is able to see and to help others to see that the realms of spirit and the realms of creation of nature are one continuum. That's how we manifest. And that's why we cast spells. Yes, love that, love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Phyllis, because it's so interesting because, again, you know, I, I was spiritually awakened six years ago, so I spiritually awakened into a world which was much more accepting of spirituality, witches, manifestation. I mean, yes, here in the UK, it definitely was a little bit taboo six years ago. Now it feels like the buzzword that's everywhere. Um, but it's so interesting to hear your story from the 70s and 80s because I can only, you know, imagine what that must have been like coming out of the, the witch's closet so to speak um you know from having such a corporate professional role as a lawyer um you know that's a big 180 shift from what you were doing before but amazing that you were the one to do that and amazing that you went on to obviously go and help um rights of witches pass as well which is you know incredible to hear and amazing to hear your journey and story but I want to ask you for this because I definitely along my spiritual journey used to really feel creeped out when people talk about witches and wicca and I used to think oh no you don't want to do that manifestation love and light all of this and then when I read Lisa Lister's book Witch um and really like got into it and realized I am a white witch and I do like spell casting with manifestation my whole view on witches changed forever and now I definitely love it love all things witches we've covered it in the membership we've had witches on the podcast before so I think more and more of us are feeling more comfortable and reclaiming that term as well but when we think of witches we think of magic and spells but what in your world words is magic ah well I have a um a definition that that is a is a work in progress but is the result of more than 40 years of engaging with it right so a very common definition that you'll see especially with young witches who are just sort of coming to this and that you'll see in lots of sort of well-intentioned but kind of superficial books that don't come out of training um is this idea that magic is a way of manipulating unseen forces right um, of setting your intention and you know manifesting what you want it's a very small like you know it's like a, a little bite when you could be sitting down to a seven course meal with proper wines you know um for me um i really discovered it when i was asked to write my first book book of shadows about how this new york lawyer ends up becoming a witch and um, and I realized that in the stories that I wanted to recount, because I wanted to take people into the journey and into my doubts, you know, and the questions that I kept raising, you know, 
am I crazy? You know, is this real? Is magic real? Um, what does it mean when we cast a spell and it actually manifests? Or it manifests, but in a very different way than we expected. Um, is it real? And all the stories that seemed most profound and remarkable to me were the ones where I realized that magic wasn't um, this effort to manipulate for personal gratification, you know? Um, that every time we cast a spell, that I cast a spell, or the people that I was working with, my first coven, my second, my 15th, yeah, um, and other people I knew, especially older uh, witches who'd been working for a while, it was just clear that magic is not a manipulation, it's a communion. Magic is the state of being, magic is um, the, the source of creation. It's the flow of that source into creation. It's the thing that unites realms of spirit with the natural world and with each of us. In Welsh, they call it uh, nufra. You've heard chi, the Tao, the flow, that which can be named is not the Tao, right? So there's always the limitation of our human um, need to grab something mysterious and put it in a little box, but it won't stay in a box, right? Um, because it's um, vast, because it is a mystery, um, because it's full on sacred. It is not someplace else, it's here. Um, it's present for us, it's aware of us, Anybody who's working with manifesting knows, right? It is a presence of divine energy that dwells in all things, in each of us and in all aspects of creation. Some traditions refer to it as consciousness. To me, it's more than consciousness, um, but that's okay. That's an okay word. It is the flow of this holy energy that manifests in form and then moves from form back into energy. We, we have a wonderful chant, one thing becomes another in the mother. This movement back and forth. Um, it's benevolent. It's life generating. That's its essence. We are in a closed system. So you get a billion heartbeats. That's it. Everything gets more or less a billion heartbeats, whether it's a butterfly or an elephant or us get a billion heartbeats. I don't know why, that's just how it works here in this realm of embodiment. Um, and then you're um, unmade in order for your parts to be made again into new life. I mean, everybody's discovering mushrooms right now and this is part of their magic, right? That they unmake in order for things to be remade, regenerated, life is always regenerating. And that's magic. And in the flow of this magic, there is, um, and you had sent an email and so I'm anticipating, but there is this organizing principle which describes the nature of that magic as it takes shape. Um, it's nature's magic. It took a long time. My first 20 years were absolutely spent about, about entering realms of spirit, about using the drum and chanting and circles and all kinds of wonderful magical rituals to alter guided visualizations and meditations 
and chanting and divination um, and certainly drumming, which has a profound effect, alters your brain waves and opens your capacity to perceive dimensions of reality that you don't normally notice because you're, we're all in survival, don't get hit by the bus, bring home the groceries. Oh my gosh, what's happening, you know, with the prime minister again, you know, that sort of stuff, right? Um, but when we shift our mode of perception, when we alter our consciousness, we're able to see uh, wider realms of being. And that was fascinating to me. But after about 20 years, nature was sort of like, okay, all well and good, but you're kind of missing the point because spirit and world are one thing and the natural world embodies it. And lo and behold, by asking, by studying, by being very humble, by casting circles and doing divination, by listening, by visiting sacred places, by paying attention to the signs that appeared, because they appeared to all of us. Um, I had a very profound gift given to me by Mother Earth. And she basically showed me that all living things live according to her wisdom, except us. We've forgotten because we think with our consciousness that we're at the top of the pyramid, you know, that we're in control and that we deserve, you know, whatever we want and we're just entitled to take it. And, and we pay no attention to the consequences, right? And look at the mess we've made. So in fact, the natural world into which we're interwoven, though we've been oblivious to that, is organized around this gorgeous, deeply spiritual, very practical central principle, which makes me cry whenever, I mean, it's the first thing I think of in the morning when I wake up. I was lying in bed this morning and it was raining and I, and I thought all living things, when taking good care of themselves, it's built in to each of us, that we are meant to live happy, healthy lives. And it's in our bones how to do that. It's gotten a little weird with human beings because you know, we haven't been very good about how we operate this, right? We've been kind of selfish and kind of greedy and kind of bullying and kind of entitled and a lot of not so good things. My dog is not really like that. The oak tree that I'm looking at out my window covered in golden leaves, the bacteria, the healthy ones in your gut and in mine right now, Everything is operating according to this principle. They know in their DNA what they need to be healthy and to be happy, and that's how they behave. But the magic part is that they don't realize, but now we do, or should, that the consequences of their self-care, of attending to their well-being, actually creates the conditions that make the world, the natural world, better for all life. So doing what comes natural creates healthy natural conditions, creates healthy air, healthy water, soil, temperatures, balance, salinity, dynamics, everything. Like the more we study nature, the more we recognize this. And in fact, now biologists are confirming it. They're even calling it nature's secret magic because it's so extraordinary, right? That's the organizing principle at the heart of creation. All living things, are meant to take good care of themselves in natural ways that make them healthy and happy. And the consequences of that self-care is that the world is made better for all beings. 
I'm crying. There we go. And I'm getting goosebumps. And I've said it a thousand times and I will say it 10,000 more or perhaps more than that before I go. That was the revelation after 40 years of making magic that said the world is magic. It's organized in this profoundly, deeply spiritual and sacred way. All you have to do, take no more than you need and give back in kind so that there's enough. And for human beings, because of this, which we use to manifest, however we do it, right? pay attention, ask yourself, is it making me healthy and happy and contributing to the well-being of others, not just myself? That's the thing that's been missing from yeah. the way we've organized everything, everything. So that's one reason I wrote Spells for Living Well. I wrote it because Hay House asked me to, because they're very popular right now, right? Because people are discovering witches and they've discovered manifesting. Um, witches have been casting spells to manifest. It's actually kind of manifesting on steroids for thousands and thousands of years. Um, and indigenous peoples have their version of spells to do that. Um, but I didn't, I didn't see what I thought was essential and what was being put out by most well-intentioned books, which have this idea of just, you know, set your intention and believe mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and good luck. <laughs> you know, so you have I to do believe. the right thing. <laughs> right. And, and it seemed burdensome to me. This is one of the things I've had my little bone to pick with the law of abundance. It's like, well, if it didn't happen, it's because you doubted. Mm. Like, of course you're going to doubt. We all doubt. It's part of human nature. So you know, if you're, then you're going to burden yourself and say, well, it didn't work because I doubted. You're kind of missing the point. One of the things, the first thing magic changes is you. And spells are the art of making magic, of working with that magic opening yourself up to it of taking off the blindfold so you can see that the world is magical so you're opening your consciousness and you're opening your heart you know and you're inviting that magic to come to you to help you to bless you like prayer you know but you're also going to the well of your own inner divinity and spells help you have confidence in that they help you to shape it um, they engage not just your intention but your heart, which is everything, because that's really where the sacred lives. You know, um, they they show you how to work with energy. They show you how they help you to work with the powers of the natural world, the energies, the currents, the great currents of cycles of the moon of the lunar energy, which is so important for women, which witches have always known and the seasonal energies, how to tap into them, how to work with them. And magic changes you. And even if your spell doesn't work because they don't always work or they'll work, but they don't always work in the way that you intended. Okay? The one way that a spell will always work is that it will always change you. And it will always change you for the better. Because when it doesn't work, you ask yourself, why didn't it work? What did I learn? What did I really want? What did I really need? What just happened? What did, what was the point of that? And all of those questions bring you to greater self-awareness. And with that self-awareness, you become more. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Or empowered. So spells are always empowering. Always. And they're beautiful. They're empowering because they're creative because you get to do them yourself. You're not in a... I mean, there's great wisdom and great beauty, despite the things that are not great and not so beautiful in the patriarchal traditions of our forebears. Um, but you're not passive. You're not sitting, listening to somebody else tell you, you know, reading from a book and telling you what to believe. You're engaging in an art. You're crafting it. You become an artist working with the seen and the unseen, with spirit, with nature, with a greater spirit, with the magic of this greater divinity that's all around you. And you're going to the well of your own inner capacity. It really is like manifesting on steroids because it's not just intention, it's emotion, um, it's action, it's uh, working with not using, but working with the energies and the powers and the blessings of all of the elements and herbs and oils. And it can be utterly simple. It can be a letter you write yourself, a love letter that you write yourself. Just that simple. Because words are magic. Um, and you set your intention and you send it into the universe um, with an open heart and a, and a request for love. But the process of casting the spell changes you. It reminds you. Um, and the reason I'm talking about because you had mentioned uh, in your note about a spell. And so I just randomly opened the book and I said, well, what, what's a good spell? And I was like, well, I think I should ask Emma, like, what spell does she want? You know, and then we'll find one for her. 
uh, because I've I've got 91 smell, spells in this book um, and they cover a lot of modern needs like anxiety and inertia and depression and powerlessness um, and um, the sense of helplessness that many of us feel in the face of all of these huge challenges. Um, but the book is completely oriented around around step by step. You can open it and start anywhere. I mean, I think people should start at the beginning and get the orientation of spells as spiritual practices, not as manipulations. Um, but even if you dip into it randomly, each spell gradually takes you to a place of increasing peace, connection to creation, to the to the divinity of it, to the generosity of it, the abundance, the law of abundance. Nature embodies the law of abundance. I should stop talking and let you say, how does nature embody the law of abundance? <laughs> no, I'm sat here enjoying all of it. I'm like, oh, I, I, like, I just go, just stop me, just jump in. I'm terrible. I just, I go. But okay, so the how does nature, how does nature embody the law of abundance? Plant one seed, one seed, like an apple seed, and a tree grows if you tend it carefully, right? The seed might not grow. This is magic. You might do a spell for manifestation, asking for abundance and prosperity, and the spell might not work, or it might not work in the time frame that you're thinking, right? Because magic is organic, so things can take much longer you want an instant gratification but in fact right things have to grow take root develop you tend the seed a tree grows when it's mature and ready from that one little seed thousands of apples will be produced at least hundreds and then the next year hundreds more and the next year hundreds more and in each of those apples when you cut them open there will be at least five seeds sometimes more right and each of those seeds planted and tended with love, with care, with air and water and sun and the power of the earth to make all things grow will generate trees. And that, that's the law of abundance. The nature of nature is love. It's mother earth, you know, that old, it is. She's our mother. She loves us. She wants us to be well-fed and she wants us to be healthy and happy and joyful and uh, to live well and to have a sense of gratitude and wonder and the ability to give back in kind. The nature of nature is abundant. It is abundant. And so one of the things I think that witches know, which I have not found in other spell books, but is definitely here, is the necessity of acting in accord. It's a missing ingredient for most spells. You know, people carve a little green candle, and they'll, they'll make a little jar with all the herbs that are associated with prosperity, and then they'll put wax on it, which I like, no, you want your spell to go out, not to be contained in an airtight jar. You want it going into the world, okay? Um, but the, the, the magic won't work unless we work. What's that old Christian thing? God helps those who help themselves. So you have to act in accord. So you cast your spell, right? You engage your mind, your energy, 
your emotions, your deeply felt, the stronger your emotions, the, the more easily you're manifesting, your spell will work for sure. You work with all of the gifts of nature that your artistic impulses indicate, you know, on this spell, I want incense, you know, that smells sweet and pungent and I want candles and I want, I want to wear red. And you create this exquisite work of spiritual art, which is what spells can be. Um, but if you don't go out into the world, right? And act in accord, if you don't take the actions necessary to manifest your spell, you're abandoning your half of the deal. You have to do your part, you have to work. You have to act in a way that's consistent with your intention. Ah, essential. You can't ask somebody to do for yourself what you're not willing to do for yourself. You can't ask something else to do for you what you won't do for yourself. Yeah. But if you act, it's extraordinary how magic can manifest. 100%. And the action is everything, isn't it? It's that co-creation process where you're co-creating Mother Earth, co-creating with the universe. Um, and yeah, I love that. So thank you for sharing all of that. But yes, let's get on to a spell because I'm sure everybody listening is like, great, Phyllis, this sounds fantastic. But how do I do a spell? So I know you said you were going to pick one from the book, but I'm sure most people listening are going to want to manifest something abundance wise or money or or even if we look at the themes of what people are feeling in the collective right now, it's feeling very overwhelmed, especially here in the UK. So is there anything on overwhelm as well that you could recommend? Yes. Well, um, one of the things I loved about doing this book was that there are, I've got some very old, old spells from different parts of the world, mostly Europe. Um, and then very new spells that speak to the the power the sense of powerless powerlessness and anxiety and um depression that we're all it's overwhelming right now between the political crises and the environmental crises and the financial um you start to feel as if one person you know can't do anything and you know we tend to go in and just try to pull the shell around us when in fact if we open out into creation the sources of nourishment of reassurance of uh, realization that you're never alone. You are not alone. Um, and when you cast a spell, you don't have to rely just upon yourself, right? There's a web of magic, um, which is organized around this idea of you being healthy and happy. So I, I think I would give you, I mean, I have a wonder, I, I have a wonderful little gift for everybody who listens. If, you, if they go to, if, you know, if you go to my website, it's called uh, a guide, a step-by-step -step guide to casting spells. It's very short and it just will tell you it's, it's extracted from spells for living well. But I would say a very simple spell that you could do right now for peace and for calm, for connection, um, for a sense of groundedness amidst the chaos and hope in the midst of you know things that are genuinely scary is to get outside of the little mirrored box of contemporary culture that we all live in and go out into the natural world it can be your backyard a tiny little postage stamp or your terrace um it could be the park near your home it could be the woods 
you know, Brits are famous for their walks across vast countryside. So I'm hoping to go to, to be in Scotland and I'm looking forward to, you know, some of those walks. Um, I've got all my great suits and my hiking boots. <laughs> um, so a simple thing is to get outside, um, to go into the natural world, to slow your roll, as we say here, that's an old expression by now, um, to breathe. I would guess that virtually everybody listening to you does some form of breathing uh, and calming meditation. Breathe slowly, breathe quietly, feel your mind growing still as you're breathing slowly, as you're moving into the natural world. Feel your body growing calmer as you're moving into the natural world. Pay attention, look around you. It's spectacularly beautiful right now as the season is changing um, in the Northern hemisphere towards winter. Um, but everything is compressed into vivid color and seeds of new life, right? And I would look for an object of power. What is that? It's a natural object like a feather on the path as you're walking or a, a seed, a pod, which they're everywhere now, a leaf that's turning, see the pattern within it, um, a shell if you're down by the water, could be a handful of sand, it could be a stone. I've been doing a lot of work with heavy stones lately. Um, approach slowly, ask it if it will work with you, pick it up, find a quiet place that feels like it's welcoming you, sit down, hold it, ask it to work with you, ask it to teach you and close your eyes, study it, touch it, feel its texture, look at the color, look at the patterns, and then close your eyes. You can bring it to your heart. Feathers always wonderful to the third eye. Stones, wonderful down around the solar plexus by power. Hold it and allow it to speak to you and trust your intuition. I know that the people who are listening to your podcast have learned to do that in countless ways, right? And to cultivate that capacity. It's an essential part of who we are. It's, it, it may be where our future lies, you know, in our ability to listen um, and allow this messenger from mother nature to teach you for a little while, whatever it has to say. If you have a paper and pencil, you can write it down. Um, it has wisdom, it has beauty, it has magic. And you can ask, what is your wisdom? What is your beauty? What is your magic? You can ask those questions and it will answer you. Uh, and then you, know, you hold it to your heart, whether it was here or solar plexus, you hold it to your heart and you ask it if it will continue to work with you and you bring it home um, and write down what it told you. There's a wonderful way um, of writing a blessing with it, which is a very powerful spell. And that is, may I, may I be wise? May I be light in spirit? I'm thinking about feathers now, right? Um, may I have the capacity for flight? May I have the ability um, to ascend over problems and to arise, to lift high and to see from a distance 
the larger picture. Yeah. May I have the ability to spot where my next meal is coming from and descend with the swiftness of a hawk. I'm just, right? So you, I just, I, you know, I've been doing this for a while. So yes, it's easy for me, but you will find it's remarkably easy. And the old idea of a spell was an incantation right? to chant over, to speak over. Words are magic. So speak from your heart, right? Um, and as you speak from your heart, the wisdom that was shown to you by the object is becoming yours. It's becoming a gift, a power, a blessing, a magic. The spell has been cast and the gift that was given to you is now incorporated into you. Right? If it's, if it's um, a feather, it very often has to do with words and communication. If it's um, a bit of like glass or sand, it actually can have a lot to do with fire and how fire transforms things, right? And so you'll feel that capacity that you have to bring your courage to bear, to transform your life. Um, if it's a shell, you can hear the ocean, right? And you can hear your heartbeat. Which one is it? You know, you can hear those, the connection of the waters of, of creation with the waters within you, with your heart, your feelings, your capacity for love. Um, and if it's a stone, you can feel your groundedness and your connection to Mother Earth and the strength of your bones, the strength that you have to meet any challenge. So each object has wisdom, has beauty, has magic. And just by listening to it, it will teach you. And then by speaking it, you have incorporated it and you have spoken the incantation into the world, which magnifies your intention, your power the gift, the magic you've been given. It's uh, simple and beautiful and very potent. And it connects you to the magic of the natural world. And the magic of the natural world will connect you to your own magic, magic that, that you may have forgotten, but which is returning because there's a witch in everyone and she's back. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that spell with us because I'm sure everybody's going to be going out there, trying all these things, trying your tips. So thank you for sharing them. But one last question then, Phyllis, before you go, what is one piece of life advice that you would like to leave my lovely listeners with today? Um, oh, that's one tip. Listen to your heart because that's where the sacred lives. And, um, Trust your heart. Don't overthink it. Trust your heart. Um, there's a reason that uh, witchcraft is the fastest growing spirituality in the United States and spreading all over the world. The world needs her witches. She needs us to come home. And the way that we find our way home back to this incredibly sacred, abundant, loving, benevolent, magical world is by trusting our hearts. I would never have found this path through my head. I found it because it spoke and it opened my heart. It spoke to my heart and it opened my heart. That's where the magic is. So trust your heart. Love that. Beautiful. Thank you, Phyllis, so much. So tell us a little bit more about your book then. You've mentioned that there was 92 spells in there, I think you said. So what can we expect from the book and where can we get it? Uh, well, you can get it everywhere now. You can get it at Hay House, which is the publisher. You can get it at Amazon, Barn no Barnes and Nobles online, lots of all the online sources. And it's in a lot of bookstores now also, which is wonderful.
wonderful. Um, and if you find it in a bookstore, take a picture and send it to me because I want to see it there. Um, and um, what you will find in it is a different approach to spellcasting, not as mechanical, not as superstitious, not as overburdened with ingredients that you can't find and, you know, arcane spells from the Mesopotamian cultural, there are some great old ones. Um, they are spiritual practices in the way that I craft them. They will open your mind, they will open your heart, they will empower you to invite the sacred into you. They will help you to work with that energy as it flows into you, as it flows into your life, as it starts manifesting in signs and synchronicities all around you. I mean, really, when you invite the magic of creation to dance with you, it arrives, it, you know, in, in tap shoes and, and uh, ball gowns and all kinds of, I mean, it wants to dance with you. Um, and it is the energy of love. And so each spell connects you. Um, it opens you, it connects you. It's a spiritual practice for seeing the sacred um, and connecting to it and opening to it and experiencing how it will change you and then learning to work with it and shape it and send it into the world, um, both as a request, as a way of manifesting, because that's what spells are. They are supercharged, very ancient supercharged modes of manifesting, and they always work. But not only to change your life, but to change the world, to make it a better place. They're an offering. Um, and the more you cast them, um, the simpler, I think, you'll find they get. Mm -hmm. And the more powerful. So they can be utterly simple and spontaneous. They can be quite elaborate, step-by-step step with ingredients um, that you collect and candles and incense and oils and potions and uh, sigils and scribing. And you, know, you get to make the art in as complex a way as you wish to, but it can be utterly simple. You can, you can write a love letter to yourself um, and set the magic in motion, um, articulate the intention for manifestation of love. I believe you should start with self-love, you know, start with self-love. So actually the, there are 91 spells because the book itself is a spell. Love that. <laughs> and, and there is a little fox that you will find. Let's see if I can find one very quickly. There's a little fox I asked. Danielle Barlow, who did the magical cover, um, I asked her to do it as a spell. So there's a spell on the cover. So I guess that would be 91. And then um, there's there are little foxes that lead you through the entire book. So the book itself is a spell that will take you perhaps from uncertainty about your capacity and about the magic of the world and starts in very bite-sized, easy, um, simple ways, and then brings you along on this journey where we tackle some of the real problems that we're all facing um, and deposits you at the door of wonder and uh, opens the magic of the universe before you. Uh, and it invites you to, to step through with Fox, 
guiding you to step through into a world of wonder. Um, words are magic. So, um, so the spells are written to, to charm you out of your doubt or depression um, or fear, all of which can be very reasonable responses to the very unreasonable conditions in the world that we're living in and bring you to hope, reasons for hope and sources of nourishment, of soul nourishment and um, flows of energy that will heal you and inspire you and uplift you and help you to find your purpose and show you how in finding your purpose, you find your strength. We started this wonderful conversation um, where I do go on too much, but but you started with, you know, how did you, how did you start on this path, right? And we're all called, I mean, we're all, I think we're all being uh, called now to come home, to find the sacred, to find the magic of creation, to begin to participate in it, to live these wonderfully rich. There's no reason, nobody should be starving, nobody should be suffering, nobody should be killing anyone else. We should be living in accord and acting in accord with nature's holy magic, right? When I discovered what magic really was and how spells could really work and really transform um, how I lived in the world, how I valued myself in the world and how I valued the world, how I experienced how valued I was by the world and that I had a role, right? That I had a purpose, that I had a reason for being here, which was to share was to get rid of, to banish all those negative stereotypes, you know, that were brought about by patriarchal religions seeking to oppress women and restore this wisdom and women's power and spirituality and other people's as well, but especially women. Um, I found my purpose. And when I found my purpose, I found my strength. And when I found my strength, I didn't care. I went out there, you know, with, with my, with my uh, magic potions, my sword and my shield, you know, of justice, I into the realm where I was empowered to work, which was as a lawyer. And I went to do battle, you know, to transform the way the world sees its witches because the world needs the witches. When you find your purpose, you find your power. And when you find your power, you have a strength um, to engage in healing what's wounded, in fighting what's wrong, you know, um, in transforming um, what is damaging into what is restorative, regenerative. Mm. That's what witches do. Amazing. Well, the book sounds phenomenal. So thank you for sharing all of that with us. But if you want to find a clickable link to Phyllis's work or her book, you can find it in the description below. I'll put a clickable link in there for you for ease. But thank you so much, Phyllis, for coming on today. It's been such a joy having you on here. And thank you so much for sharing all your pearls of wisdom with us. You are so kind and you were very indulgent and it was lovely to talk with you. And I want to hear what spell you cast. Mm -hmm. yes let us know what spell you cast everybody let us know
and how it works out. I want to hear how it works out. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Phyllis. Thank you, dear. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I really hope you've enjoyed Phyllis and I's conversation today. As always, you can find a clickable link to Phyllis's work in the description below. And if you want to find out anything more about myself, my coaching, my books, my videos, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget, you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fantastic week, whatever you are up to, and I will see you all in my next podcast episode, which is next week. Lots of love. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.